Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. And I'll return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together, we can make a difference. Come on, little friends, as we all sing a happy little working song. Merry little voices, clear and strong. Come and roll your sleeves up, so to speak, a bit jam. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. Hi everyone, I'm Em and welcome to Verbal Diorama, episode 161, Enchanted. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. A huge hi and welcome to Verbal Diorama. Whether you're a brand new listener to this podcast, welcome back. If you are a regular returning listener or an irregular returning listener, whichever, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for choosing this podcast because... As I always said, there's a lot of podcasts out there and they're all vying for your attention and for your brains and for your ears. And basically, no matter how you got to Verbal Diorama, I'm so happy and I'm so grateful that you're here because this episode's going to be really fun. We're talking about the history and legacy of Enchanted. And it's such a complex and brilliant history to this movie. It's basically pretty much the entire legacy of Disney in this movie. But before I start talking about Enchanted, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's listened to the previous episodes of this podcast. I've recently done episodes on Team America World Police and Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And most recently, as of the general release of this episode, I've a few days ago released another episode on Romancing the Stone and the Jewel of the Nile. Now, the episodes that I've done on Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation and the Romance of the Stone and the Jewel of the Nile, they are technically called Nanorama episodes. They are supposed to be a lot shorter. They focus on, you know, two movies and it's more of like tidbits of information. But Enchanted deserves a full episode because there's so much to go to in Enchanted. It is a truly wonderful, life-affirming, brilliant movie that I love very, very much about Disney princess culture and basically a loving send-up of that culture. So before we jump into Enchanted, here's the trailer. 
of all the classic Disney stories, of all the miraculous adventures, of all the magical tales, there has never been anything like Enchanted. Because no other story has ever taken you <gasps> to a land as strange and terrifying as ours. Oh my. I was wondering if one of you might direct me to the castle. Watch it, will you? Grumpy. Nobody's been very nice to me. Yeah, well, welcome to New York. Thank you. Now. Who's gonna rescue me? I seek a beautiful girl. I, I, I'd like to find one of them too, you know? Their world and our world. I think she may be a real princess. Are about to collide. All right, everyone. Let's tidy things up. Oh my gosh. And nothing will ever be the same. <laughs> this Thanksgiving. How does she know? Don't sing. It's okay. You know, let's just walk. One ordinary man will have to get them back home before time runs out. Magic Mirror, I beg you, tell me where she is. Reporting from 116th and Broadway. 116th and Broadway. <gasps> Thank you, Mira. Walt Disney Pictures presents the motion picture event of the holidays. <laughs> Are you crazy? Nobody stabs my bus. Don't you run away from me. Crazy tight wear. Enchanted. <laughs> Giselle! young maiden in the animated world of Andalasia finds her prince and true love and they agree to marry the next day. But the prince's evil stepmother wants the throne for herself and eagerly banishes the prospective new queen to a world with no happily ever afters. Real life. Bright-to-be Giselle emerges in New York City and her bright, sunny disposition has no place on the mean streets until she's found by lawyer Robert and his daughter Morgan. Let's quickly run through the cast. This is an awesome cast in this movie, led by the inimitable Amy Adams as Giselle, Patrick Dempsey as Robert Phillip, James Marsden as Prince Edward, Timothy Spall as Nathaniel, Susan Sarandon as Queen Nerissa, Rachel Covey as Morgan Phillip, Adina Menzel as Nancy Tremaine, and we have narration by the one and only Julie Andrews. This movie features so many cameos, but just some notable cameos that I want to mention. So we have cameos by Paige O'Hara as Angela. She is the lead in the soap opera on the TV. Jodie Benson as Robert's secretary, Sam. And Judy Kuhn as the pregnant woman with children who lives in Robert's building. Now, you might be wondering, well, who are those people? Well, Paige O'Hara is the speaking and singing voice of Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Jodie Benson is the speaking and singing voice of Ariel in The Little Mermaid. And Judy Kuhn is the singing voice of Pocahontas in Pocahontas. So, 
they really went all out with the cameos in this movie. And that's not the only links to past Disney in this movie. There are literally hundreds of little cameos and links and little references to these movies. I simply can't do them all justice, but I wanted to mention those because they are brilliant cameos. Enchanted was written by Bill Kelly and directed by Kevin Lima. And it's hard to imagine Enchanted being anything different to what it currently is. A beautiful pastiche of Disney's history of animated fairy tales and happily ever afters. But the story of Enchanted starts way back in 1997. Technically, even further back, if we count the animated movies it pays tribute to, but for the purposes of this podcast, I'm not going to do that. So it was Disney's Touchstone Pictures, its PG and above label, that bought Bill Kelly's original script for a movie called Enchanted. Touchstone had also been the studio behind Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and that movie was the inspiration for this in more ways than one. The 1997 script was originally an R-rated risque comedy in the vein of 80s and 90s sex comedies. Producers Barry Josephson and Barry Sonnenfeld were taken with the project and struck a deal with Disney for an ambitious animated live-action hybrid, not quite as ambitious as Roger Rabbit, but they wanted to invoke the magic of Mary Poppins as well as Disney's golden age of animation. But the risque R rating had to go. So did the first draft's idea that Giselle is mistaken for a stripper when she arrives at a bachelor party in Chicago. While Kelly was thrilled his script had been bought for a reported $450,000, no less, he was at the time an inexperienced writer. And so the studio hired a stream of writers to tweak Enchanted. Kelly was less than happy that it was being constantly rewritten by at least half a dozen other writers, including Rita Sow and Todd Olcott. The project was originally due to be released in 2002 with Chicago director Rob Marshall as Enchanted's director. He withdrew due to creative differences. John Turtletaub was interested, but he left to work on National Treasure. In 2003, Adam Shankman joined Enchanted with a new pair of writers, Bob Schooley and Mark McCorkle with the idea to cast Reese Witherspoon or Kate Hudson as Giselle. But again, nothing materialised. They couldn't quite seem to get this enchanted project literally off the ground. At the same time, Disney was navigating its place in the world. Its animation divisions were crumbling under the weight of CG animation. And so Disney closed its 2D animation division. While Pixar were releasing Finding Nemo, Walt Disney feature animation was releasing Brother Bear. That was kind of the state of animation at the time. Clearly, nostalgia and a return to the company's previous fortunes were on their mind because then they hired Kevin Lima to direct Enchanted and, most interestingly, Bill Kelly returned to write a new version of his original script. At the same time, in 2005, Michael Eisner stepped down as CEO of the Walt Disney Company, passing the torch to Bob Iger. Seems like a bit of a happy coincidence, really. A return to form was needed at Disney, and Kevin Lima, who'd worked on some of the biggest hits the company had, as a character designer on The Little Mermaid, visual development on Beauty and the Beast, the story of Aladdin and The Lion King, and director of Tarzan, Lima was a CalArts graduate, like mostly everyone at Disney, and he started working on The Brave Little Toaster out in Taiwan, where he ended up meeting Glenn Keane. It was Keane who encouraged him to apply to Disney again, because Lima had been turned down three years prior. So he applied, got the job, moved back to the US and started working on Oliver and Company. In 2000, he directed his first live action movie for Disney, 102 Dalmatians, 
and heard of the Enchanted Project. He expressed his interest in directing back then, but the project was at the time still a little too dark for Disney and so his request was refused. Moving back to the future, both Kevin Lima and Bill Kelly worked on the rewrites to Enchanted, moving the action from Chicago to New York. It was Lima's idea to have Giselle arrive in Times Square and the idea was to make this a loving tribute to Disney's past heroines and princesses, whilst also sending up the ridiculousness of fairy tales. And Lima took inspiration from Shrek for this, because I mentioned in the episode that I did on Shrek, Shrek really did change the landscape of animation when it came out in 2001. And so while they didn't want to completely take the tone of Shrek, they didn't want to make fun of Disney, but they wanted it to be a love letter to Disney. And Kevin Lima obviously had experience in the past of Disney with modern princesses like Ariel, Belle and Jasmine. Lima's visual storyboards, which set out the story from beginning to end, were shown to Dick Cook, the chairman of Walt Disney Studios. With the support of head of production Nina Jacobson, Cook greenlit the project within half an hour of seeing the artwork and gave it a budget of $85 million. But before the animation portion of the project could begin, they needed a cast that they could model the characters on. And the hardest character to cast would be Giselle herself. They needed an actor who could be sweet but not sickly, charming but not unbelievable, charismatic but not vain. Over 300 actresses auditioned for the part of Giselle. The studio wanted a big name actress, someone who could solidify the movie as a tentpole Thanksgiving release. Someone like Reese Witherspoon or Kate Hudson. Reportedly under consideration for the role at some point were the likes of Cameron Diaz, Renee Zellweger, Jennifer Garner, Zoe Deschanel, Christina Aguilera and Jennifer Aniston. And Aniston was the preferred choice, but her level of fame, because this was obviously just post-Friends at this point, demanded a bigger salary than they could afford to offer her. But Julie Andrews, who also narrates this movie, as I said, she wasn't a star when she got the role of Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins was her breakthrough role. And Kevin Lima wanted someone who was clearly a star in the making, but just needed that little bit of elevation to get there. Auditioning number 275 was, at the time, unknown actress Amy Adams. She'd received critical acclaim for her role in Junebug, and she just, excuse the pun, enchanted Kevin Lima to the point that he was sick when she auditioned, but her expressive eyes and literal joy made him forget for a brief moment that he was actually sick. And Amy Adams is literally the glue that holds this movie together. It is the movie that made her a star. And she took her responsibility as a Disney princess seriously. Once she got the part of Giselle, she undertook vocal training for the musical numbers because she didn't want her singing voice to be dubbed. The musical numbers would be written by the iconic Stephen Schwartz and Alan Menken. And seriously, this episode is literally a who's who of previous episodes of this podcast. So <laughs> I'm literally just going to be ringing off. Listen to episode X. Listen to episode X because there's so many references to previous episodes in this episode. And again, that's probably why I love Enchanted so much. James Marston reportedly first auditioned for the part of Robert Philip before getting the part of Prince Edward. Susan Sarandon was announced to play Queen Nerissa in early 2006, along with Adina Menzel as Nancy. Menzel was obviously most well known for her work on Broadway and her Tony award-winning role of Elphaba in Wicked. Menzel reportedly didn't have to audition for the part of Nancy and this would be a rare role for her where she didn't actually sing. 
Patrick Dempsey was excited to be in a family film as at the time he was most well known for his role in Grey's Anatomy and his presence would cause some issues for filming as overzealous fans would try to get close to him. Speaking of filming, there were obviously two strands going on of filming. There was an animation strand and a live action strand. Once the cast were hired, the animation team could use them for reference. But the issue was that most of Disney's animators had been laid off, as I said at the start of the episode, and only a handful remained still employed by Disney. This meant Disney didn't have a full in-house 2D cell animation team anymore for the required 13 minutes of animation for Enchanted. This production couldn't afford to restaff a whole department, and so they contacted someone who'd previously worked at Disney Animation to help them with Enchanted. Former Disney animator James Baxter, who'd started his career on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because of course, this episode is going to reference Roger Rabbit a lot, he'd set up James Baxter Animation in 2005 after working for Disney and then DreamWorks Animation. James Baxter Animation was solely responsible for the animated parts of Enchanted and used an Art Nouveau style for the animation and also paying loving homage to the princesses of animation past, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella. While animated Giselle would be a mix of both Amy Adams and traditional princesses, Prince Edward would look more like James Marsden, mostly so that it was clear who he actually was and to also go against the bland Disney princes of yesteryear. The process was back and forth between the live action and animated portions. Kevin Lima shot reference material of Amy Adams for James Baxter animation to work with, and James Baxter visited the live action set. Lima felt it was really important to have that continuity between the two worlds. Amy Adams would also see the animated portions, and it would inspire her performance in the live action world. And this is probably why this was her breakthrough performance, because she was genuinely so involved in the process. And it certainly helped that Kevin Lima has a background in animation too. Just to add as well a little bit of interesting information about Kevin Lima, he's also married to Brenda Chapman, who directed Brave, and also co-directed The Prince of Egypt. That's episode 136 of this podcast, by the way. At the same time, it was also important for the live-action costumes to match the animated costumes. So they brought Mona May on board. And I've mentioned Mona May on this podcast before. She previously worked on Clueless, that's episode 37, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, that's episode 124, and also The Wedding Singer, which isn't an episode yet, but it will be. She worked with the animators and had a costume department of 20 and contracts with costume shops in both New York and Los Angeles. Pre-production of Enchanted would last for a year and fashion be incredibly important narratively to this movie, with Giselle's fashion changing as she herself evolves from a needy princess to an independently thinking woman. Giselle's wedding dress was made of 200 yards of silk satin and weighed 40 pounds with a metal hoop and 20 layers of fabric petticoats and ruffles. It was designed to be as ridiculously extravagant as possible but it was hard for Amy Adams to wear and move around in. For Queen Nerissa, she would be replicated in traditional style animation, live action and CG, and her dress had to match all mediums, deliberately looking reptilian and dragon-like for her eventual morph into the dragon. James Marsden's Prince Edward would wear the same costume throughout, and it was also deliberately padded to show the same exaggerated proportions as an animated prince. Live-action filming started in April 2006 on three sound stages at Steiner Studios in Brooklyn. 
including on location in Times Square, New York. Those scenes also feature New York pedestrians as well as hired extras due to the fact that if you're in Times Square, you're going to have pedestrians, you're going to have tourists. And they had difficulties with crowd control in those areas. And Amy Adams really did have to climb out of an actual manhole wearing a wedding dress. The That's How You Know song sequence was filmed in Central Park and it was the most challenging but also the most rewarding as well. It took 17 days to finish due to the rainy weather, meaning they could only film on seven non-consecutive sunny days. You also have to bear in mind the lighting where the sun is. You don't want one scene with the sun to the left and the next with the sun to the right. Filming was also hampered with crowds, especially those who wanted to see McDreamy. And this particular scene also featured 150 dancers as well as 300 background extras. The choreographer of Moulin Rouge and Strictly Ballroom, a guy called John Chacha O'Connell, he choreographed the dance numbers for That's How You Know. And the idea was for Giselle to literally enchant regular passers-by to sing and dance. And they mapped out a route through Central Park for the action to happen and storyboarded what would happen where. The elderly dancers had previously starred in West Side Story. They'd also worked with Bob Fosse and Fred Astaire. For the final ballroom dance, both Adams and Dempsey took dance classes. Amy Adams is already a trained dancer, but struggled to allow Dempsey to lead her and basically had to learn how to let a man lead. Like on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but not as much as Roger Rabbit, Enchanted would also rely on practical effects as much as possible to show the interactions between Giselle and her city animal friends, the rats and pigeons and flies and cockroaches. In Happy Working Song, you'd be surprised how many of the rats and pigeons were actually real trained animals. Trained by Larry Michael Madrid, who also trained animals in Constantine, which is a lovely little Keanu reference, but it's not the one I'm going to use, the rats and pigeons could move on command and was supported in the scene by CG animals doing the work that the real animals couldn't, like scrub toilets. Although maybe rats can scrub toilets, I don't know. The flies and cockroaches, though, they were all CG. Many of the props, such as the broom, were real props that were simply suspended on wires. The team took inspiration from Roger Rabbit to give Amy Adams reference points for animals that weren't there at the time, including a stuffed chipmunk puppet for Pip, which the director, Kevin Lima, would actually act and voice. He was so good as the voice of CG Pip that he got given the part in his own movie. And so the director also voices real-world CG Pip. The CG animals were created by Tippett Studio of Phil Tippett fame, and they contributed 320 visual effects shots to the movie, including virtual sets and environments. They also animated the CG version of Pip, who could only squeak in the real world, and so they had to make sure the character could emote through gestures, but they also wanted him to look as much like a real chipmunk as possible. Queen Nerissa as a dragon had more artistic license, but was based on traditional Chinese dragons as well as Sarandon's live-action character. A green screen apparatus was constructed to hold Patrick Dempsey so that his face and motions could be captured during the film's climactic scene, in which Nerissa scales the Woolworth building while holding Robert in her claws. Three distinct floor effects artists were in control of a robotic arm as part of the puppeteering rig. And the process of transforming the stunningly beautiful Susan Sarandon into an ugly old woman took five hours to put on all the prosthetics, as well as a dental piece to look like she was missing teeth. It would take just as long to take it off too, so those days were longer to accommodate Sarandon's process. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, there are multiple references to past Disney films. 
including but not limited to. The storybook opening of Enchanted is a tribute to the openings of Snow White, Pinocchio, Cinderella, The Sword in the Stone, Sleeping Beauty, and probably many others. Giselle's initial personality is obviously based on multiple Disney princesses. Director Kevin Lima described her as about 80% Snow White, with some traits borrowed from Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, although her spunkiness comes from Ariel from The Little Mermaid. The troll's loincloth consists of remnants of the Disney princess dresses, the Snow White's rags, Belle's village dress, Aurora's peasant dress, and Cinderella's maid outfits. The ballroom scene is an homage to the classic ballroom scenes from Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, and Beauty of the Beast. The news reporter's name is Mary Eileen Casalotti, and that is in reference to Mary Costa, the voice of Aurora, Eileen Woods, the voice of Cinderella, and Adriana Casalotti, the voice of Snow White. And the final fight scene at the top of the Woolworth building is an homage to possibly King Kong, but also similar climaxes in Sleeping Beauty, The Little Mermaid, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Beauty and the Beast. There are also specific references to certain films, such as The Poisoned Apple, The Magic Mirror, and Marissa disguising herself as an old woman, clearly referencing Snow White. Giselle taking off her heels to fight Marissa, and Edward putting the shoe on Nancy is clearly referenced to Cinderella. Nancy's surname is also Tremaine as a nod to Cinderella's step family. They are the Tremaine family in Cinderella as well. And I've already mentioned an obligatory Keanu reference, but now's the time for me to mention another because this is the time for the obligatory Keanu reference. And what I like to do is I like to try to link the movie that I'm featuring with Keanu Reeves. And I found out, I don't know if this is true or not because internet reasons, but Keanu reportedly turned down the role of Robert in this movie. And I have to question why, because as much as I like Patrick Dempsey, and I really do like Patrick Dempsey, Keanu would have been an amazing Robert in this movie. He's got experience of being a lawyer on screen. He's got experience of being the straight man on screen. And I think Keanu would have been perfect in this movie. but. I guess we got McDreamy in the end and that was okay, but it, it should have been Keanu. I can't really talk about Enchanted without talking about the music for Enchanted because the original drafts of Enchanted actually had little to no musical numbers. Subsequent drafts gave the animated section songs and then basically the movie transformed into pretty much a full musical. Alan Menken, obviously an accomplished songwriter and composer, He's previously contributed to a number of Disney movies. He wrote the score for this movie as well. Six tracks composed by Menken have lyrics written by Stephen Schwartz. And obviously, Menken and Schwartz, they are icons of musical cinema. They've previously collaborated on the songs for Pocahontas and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Menken encouraged Schwartz to continue their collaboration after becoming involved with the movie early in its production. They started writing songs by looking for the appropriate plot points that would allow for song moments. Compared to past live-action musicals, Schwartz believed that Enchanted's premise enabled the characters to sing in a way that was fully important to the plot of the movie. This made it easier to rationalise instances in which the characters would break into song. Giselle's songs deliberately allude to previous Disney movies such as True Love's Kiss being a send-up of I'm Wishing from Snow White and A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes from Cinderella. Happy Working Song is a clear homage of Whistle While You Work and The Work Song. And That's How You Know is meant to be the big production number like Under the Sea or Be Our Guest. 
Amy Adams performed Happy Working Song live at the 80th Academy Awards, where it was nominated for Best Original Song, alongside That's How You Know and So Close, the songs sung by John McLaughlin at the King and Queen's Ball. They'd all lose out on the award to Falling Slowly from Once. And you might wonder, well, why is Giselle not an official Disney princess? Well, Disney originally did want Giselle to be an official Disney princess, even though technically she never actually becomes a princess. And this was alongside the general Disney princess line that we all know and love. They planned to have a toy line which actually was debuted at the Disney 2007 Toy Fair and likely probably would have been featured in Ralph Breaks the Internet. But the problem with having a real-life Disney princess played by an actual actress is that Disney have to use that actress's likeness and license that likeness, unlike an animated character where it's open to interpretation. This meant Disney paying Amy Adams for the use of her likeness for the rest of eternity for merchandising. And they were advised that maybe that's not the best idea to do, although clearly Amy Adams would have received a hell of a lot of money for it. There was a real issue with marketing this movie, though, because Disney didn't want to focus on selling the princess angle. Even the tagline was the filmmakers who brought you Toy Story and Tarzan rather than the filmmakers who brought you Snow White and Cinderella. Despite Giselle not being an official Disney princess, she was featured in the 2007 Hollywood Holiday Parade at Disney's Hollywood Studios, as well as in the 2007 Walt Disney World Christmas Day Parade in the Magic Kingdom with the rest of the official Disney princess lineup, but she has not been featured since 2007. When it came to the release of Enchanted, following the closure of the former Buena Vista Pictures distribution, Enchanted was the first film to be distributed under the Walt Disney Studio Motion Pictures moniker and was released on the 21st November 2007, the day before Thanksgiving in the US, but technically at the end of the film release calendar week. So it ended up opening fifth in its first week in the chart, behind Beowulf, B-Movie, American Gangster and Fred Claus. In its second week, it jumped up to number one, an increase of 166.6%, and it stayed at number one for two weeks before being dethroned by the Golden Compass. On its $85 million budget, Enchanted made $127.8 million domestically in the US, $212.7 million internationally, for a total worldwide gross of $340.5 million. So not only was this a huge financial success, it was also a huge critical success as well. Positive reviews commended the movie's retelling of a well-known Disney tale, its humour and its musical numbers, as well as Amy Adams' portrayal of the central character, which by and large is the standout feature of this movie. Amy Adams elevates literally every word, every gesture, every song, and to be honest, she's totally comparable to Julie Andrews for me. And I do love Julie Andrews in Mary Poppins completely, but you look at Amy Adams now and you see this huge Oscar-nominated star. And this movie really is where she got her big break. And we forget that now because she's Amy Adams. She's a huge megastar. But back then, she really wasn't. And Disney really did take a punt on this unknown actress. And look at where she is now. Speaking of Academy Awards, I've mentioned the Academy Award for Best Song nomination already, but it also got nominated for two Golden Globes, Best Original Song for That's How You Know, and a Best Actress Motion Picture Musical or Comedy nomination for Amy Adams. 
she'd lose out to Marion Cotillard as Edith Piaf in La Vie en Rose. The songs Ever Ever After and That's How You Know would also be nominated for Best Song Written for a Motion Picture, Television or Other Visual Media at the Grammys. They'd lose to Down to Earth by Peter Gabriel from the movie Wall-E. And obviously, there is a sequel to Enchanted. But the story of the sequel is just as tumultuous as the story of how they made Enchanted in the first place. Because back in 2010, a sequel to Enchanted was reported and planned originally for a 2011 release. In 2014, Anne Fletcher was confirmed as director. But in 2016, Adam Shankman, who was in the running, if you'll remember, as I said before, to direct the original, he ended up replacing Anne Fletcher. It was at this point the title was announced as Disenchanted. Discussions were ongoing and in 2020 it was announced Disenchanted was going into pre-production with Menken and Schwartz on board for the songs and the primary cast of Adams, Dempsey, Marsden and Menzel. They were confirmed to return in March 2021 and the following month, Moya Rudolph, Yvette Nicole Brown and Jamie Mays were confirmed to join the cast. Filming started on Disenchanted in April 2021 and is due to be released on Disney Plus at Thanksgiving 2022. That's this November. Obviously, this episode is coming out in June 2022. So in a few months' time, we will all get to see Disenchanted. And fingers crossed, it is just as good, if not better, than Enchanted. Right, let's move over to social media thoughts. So I like to ask on social media, whether that be Patreon, whether that be Twitter, whether that be Instagram, or whether that be Facebook, what people think of the movie that I'm featuring. I'd always like to start with the patrons because, I'll be honest, they get their responses in first. So, first come, first served. And the first person who gave a comment was Sunny. And Sunny says, OMGR loved Enchanted when it was released in theatres. This really sent Amy Adams' career through the roof. I didn't like how stupid they made James Marsden, but I guess that's the joke about princes in fairy tales. And the rodents cleaning the apartment, oh my goodness, hilarious. And another thing that I like to do for patrons who comment on episodes is I like to give them a little plug for their podcast if they have one. And Sunny, along with her sister Brandy, they have a podcast. It's called Book of Lies. And it's basically all about the real life liars, frauds and fakers and what you can do to actually avoid being scammed by them. It's a really fun and brilliant podcast and they are amazing women. And you should absolutely listen to Book of Lies. I will put some information in the show notes for Sunny's podcast. Going to move over to another patron, and this is Nicholas, and he says, Enchanted is a fun alternative version of the Disney princess story. Putting a character as sweet as Giselle in the incredibly cynical New York works so well, helped by Amy Adams' adorable performance. And of course, we can't have patron comments without perennial comment to Andy. And Andy says, there really is nothing like Enchanted in the Disney archive, a film that skewers its own genre's tropes that were popularised by Disney, but still makes it more than a wink-wink get it gag. Amy Adams is a wonder as a Disney princess, although we really only get to see her portrayed as such nowadays is at the Disney Emoji Blitz mobile game. Step it up, Disney. Sheesh. The songs are great send-ups of Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, and Susan Sarandon is fantastic as the film's villain, a great movie that can't be duplicated. And regular listeners of this podcast will know that I call him perennial commenter Andy because he comments pretty much every week. And so pretty much every week, he gets a plug for his podcast Geek Salad. 
And they are the one-stop shop podcast for all of your geeky needs, whether that's movies, music, TV shows, books, games, literally anything, even snacks. Sometimes they even talk about snacks. So if you love really geeky stuff, then go over and have a listen to Geek Salad. I'll put some information in the show notes. And the final patron comment comes from Brendan, who says, Arguably the Who Framed Roger Rabbit of the Noughts, a self-aware genre exercise combining live action with animation, where the best joke is a brilliant actor playing a ludicrously part completely straight, Enchanted is, well, enchanting. The songs are bangers, the cast is a delight, the gags land, and the emotional beats, thanks largely to Amy Adams being an inspired casting choice, hit exactly how you'd want them to. My only complaint is that I'd have happily spent more time in Andalasia. Thank you, patrons, for all of your comments. We're going to move over to Twitter now, and we're going to start with at D.W. Lundberg, who said, The Mouse House is Shrek, the movie that made me fall head over heels for Amy Adams, but also buoyed by Patrick Dempsey's exasperated reactions to all the fairy tale goings on, why do people keep giving you free stuff, but also a knowing and funny send-up of Disney's past. At Sean Geek Podcast said, this one put Amy on my radar, opened myself up to movies that musical like, and reminded me that when Disney is being smart, they knock it out of the park. This one is a classic. At So Wizard Podcast said, When I saw it with my very young, at the time, daughter, she didn't get why Enchanted went with the ugly guy at the end, with the rolling on the floor laughing face. At Capital Games Pod said, It's a shame that this movie isn't as loved as it should be. Such a charming, lovely film that is just fun. At OSW Podcast One said, We reviewed this by request with half of us seeing it for the first time. It was such a fun film and I had a chance to interview Bill Kelly who wrote it, was fired and brought back to save it. At At Pedestrian said, One of the most fun, charming and entertaining Disney films ever made. At Kevin R. Brackett said, Enchanted is fantastic. So much fun with a unique twist on the classic Disney princess formula. Amy Adams gives a delightful and heartfelt performance. Moving over to Instagram, we start with George at Retro Ramble Pod, who said, One of the best things Disney did before they got preoccupied with live action remakes. Some very catchy songs and a brilliant performance by Amy Adams. A great example of how talented an actor she is. James Marsden is also wonderful. At Friendly Sparpod said, The year this came out, I was doing a production of God's Spell at my high school, and our choreographer was one of the ballroom dancers in this movie. So I'll always remember watching it and going, that's Mick. Anecdote aside, I love this movie, and I often get the song that James Marsden sings just before he's trampled by cyclists stuck in my head. And at Furriera, Ultley said, very nice movie. I want a fairy tale like that. Heart emoji. As do we all. Finally, over on Facebook, we have a comment by Tony who says, Enchanted is a fun romp through some of the Disney princess tropes. The fact that Jodie Benson, the voice of Ariel from The Little Mermaid, made a cameo was excellent. Amy Adams was excellent in this film. And as always, a huge thank you to everyone for providing your comments for Enchanted. I think we can all agree that Pretty much everyone loves this movie and it's really easy to see why because it is so lovely and sweet and gorgeous and funny and to be honest, I think George from Retro Ramble Pod really hit the nail on the head when he said it was before Disney got preoccupied with live action remakes because although this takes such a lot from its past, I really feel like I would much prefer more of this from Disney 
than another remake of an animated classic. They've proven they can do it with Enchanted, so why not do it again? I suppose they are, but <laughs> why not do it again, but with something else? Anyway, huge thank you to everyone, to the patrons, to the commenters on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for their comments on Enchanted. You probably have already guessed that I love this movie so much. And I do kind of make it a rule on this podcast that I only really talk about movies that I feel a genuine connection to or I have a deep affection for. And really, Enchanted is no different to anything else that I've ever covered on this podcast with how much I love it. But it's about more than a character becoming real, going from animated to live action. And I'm not going to go into the argument that maybe this movie says that live action is better than animation because you know how I feel about animation. And also, that's not the point of this movie. Enchanted isn't saying live action is better. It's saying that outside of this animated world where everything is always set for you, that actually in real life nothing is set. Giselle believes wholeheartedly in marrying a prince she's never met because that's what she's been led to believe. Once she enters the real world, she actually discovers herself and her value and who she is as a person. Really? All Enchanted is is just a metaphor for growing up and putting away childish things like princes and happily ever afters. But it's also realising that those things are out there. Just maybe not what or who you think. That so-called negative emotions like anger aren't actually negative at all. Enchanted is light and fluffy, but it's also deeper than you think. And I love that this is a story that anyone can relate to who grew up not only just on Disney movies, but on fairy tales. And it doesn't go out of its way to quash that dream. Giselle gains more than she ever thought possible, as does Robert and Morgan. The classic tropes like the evil stepmother are still there in this movie, but also subverted when Giselle herself becomes a loving stepmother. There's nothing wrong with being optimistic and romantic, just as there's nothing wrong with being independent and self-assured. You can be all of those things with or without a prince or princess in your life. Disney has been peddling this story and stories like it to us since 1937. And yet we still all want to believe in our happily ever afters. Maybe Walt was onto something. Thank you for listening. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Enchanted. And this podcast does not exist without you wonderful people who are listening. And so if you do want to help this podcast grow, you can actually get involved and you can have your comments read out in episodes. All you need to do is comment on the thoughts posts that go up on social media, usually on a Saturday, leave a comment and I will read it out in the next episode. And the most important thing is you can support this podcast without paying a single penny to do so. So if you do want to help, then you can. You can leave a rating or review wherever you found this podcast. You can retweet or like posts on social media. You can follow me as well on social media at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And you can also tell your friends and family about this podcast, especially if they are a huge Disney fan, a huge Enchanted fan, even princes and princesses out there who maybe want to get out of the rut of being a prince or princess. Let them know about this episode. Let them know about Enchanted. And if you did like this episode on Enchanted, you might also like the following movies that I coincidentally have also done episodes on. So I'm going to start with episode 49, which is The Muppets. And you might be asking, well, why am I recommending The Muppets? It's because of Amy Adams and because she's glorious and enchanting. Literally, keep saying that word, but she is and wonderful in The Muppets. And The Muppets is 
so full of joy. It actually would be a great double feature to have the Muppets and Enchanted on in the same afternoon. What a wonderful time that would be. And I'm actually thinking I might like to do that because these movies just bring me so much joy and the Muppets especially. I adore that movie so much, not just because of Amy Adams, but mostly because of Amy Adams, because she's splendid in that movie and she's splendid in this movie as well. Episode 81, of course, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. For obvious reasons, I've mentioned them all above. Episode 136 as well, The Prince of Egypt. I mainly mention that because Stephen Schwartz and also Kevin Lemus, married to the director. Episode 140, The Little Mermaid, for obvious reasons. And episode 141, Beauty and the Beast, for similarly obvious reasons. You can probably tell I'm a huge fan of animation on this podcast. I do animation seasons every year. And every year I cover Disney movies. And it just fills me so much with joy to talk about Disney animation. And honestly, Enchanted is no different. I absolutely love the animated portions of this movie. And I also love the live action portions of this movie. Enchanted is a perfect movie. Give me feedback on my recommendations. Let me know what you thought. I need to tell you about the next episode. But I'm not going to tell you about the next episode. I'm going to let the star of the next episode tell you about the next episode. So if you hadn't guessed, I'm going to be talking about Tim Burton's terrific Mars Attacks, which pays homage to 50s sci-fi B-movies and is honestly terribly underrated. But there's so much brilliant history when we're talking about Mars Attacks. And honestly a really fun legacy as well. And we're all about history and legacy of verbal dioramas, so I'm really excited to bring you Mars Attacks next week. As I mentioned earlier, you can support this podcast for free and verbal diorama is free and it always will be free. But if you do want to help contribute to verbal diorama, I do have a Patreon. And what do patrons get? Well, they get early episodes, they get access to the schedule, they get freebies and also the knowledge that they're making this podcast better. And they also get swears on episodes. Now, I'll be completely honest, this episode on Enchanted does not contain any swears, but the episode that I did recently on Team America World Police contained a hell of a lot of swears. They all had to be bleeped out for the general release. So, the on the patron episodes aren't just early, they're also expletive as well. But just to say, the main feed will always be family friendly and always be suitable for all ages and will always be free. Let me just reiterate. But if you are interested, it's verbaldiorama.com slash Patreon. And thank you to the wonderful patrons of Verbal Diorama, Simon E, Sade, Claudia, Simon B, Laurel, Derek, Vern, Christine, Kat, Andy, Mike, Griff, Luke, Emily, Michael, Scott, Brendan, Ian M, Lisa, Sam, Will, Jack, Dave, Chris, Stuart, Ian D, Jason, Sonny, Drew, and Nicholas. That's how I know that they love me. No, I'm not going to sing that. If you want merch, it's verbaldiorama.com slash merch. If you want to say hi, it's verbaldiorama at gmail.com. Or you can pop over to verbaldiorama.com too. And you can also pop over to filmstories.co.uk. You can buy copies of the magazine and you can read features that are right online. And finally... I've been dreaming of a true love's kiss. He sings too. And a miss I have begun to miss. Pure and sweet waiting to complete my love song. 
Yes, somewhere there's a maid I've never met who was made, who was made to finish. What's wrong? You're not singing. Oh, I'm not. Well, I'm sorry. I was thinking. Thinking? Before we leave, there's one thing I would love to do. Oh, well, name it, my love, and it is done. I want to go on a date. A date? What's a date? Bye.